You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy, and I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Well, you probably heard the news by now. The Packers are not going to the Super Bowl. In heartbreaking fashion, they lost their fourth NFC Championship game in the last 10 years, this time at home to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And to add insult to injury, the national media and most of your friends who are not Packers fans are now chirping about Aaron Rodgers not coming back to the Packers. So let's set the record straight. We're going to play for you exactly what Rodgers said in its proper context. And then we have follow-up quotes as well that are extremely relevant. But first, some housekeeping. Breaking news, special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, Sean Meninga, has been fired. Okay, the media is putting it more delicately saying the Packers are parting ways with special teams coordinator Sean Menenga per source. That would be Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. Let me tell you, it couldn't happen to a more deserving guy. I was shocked, stunned, that Menenga came back after last year. A lot of people like to point to the number of penalties that Ron Zook had in his special teams and how those penalties did get cleared up under Menenga, but come on, in every other category, special teams got far worse under Menenga. A refusal to fire him after this past season would have been unconscionable on Matt LaFleur's part. No word yet about defensive coordinator Mike Pettin. We will certainly find out within the next 24 hours, I would imagine. I'm fine with bringing Pettin back. I'm also fine with letting him go. I would expect that parting ways with Pettin would cause our defense to take a step back for a year or so. So if you want to see the Packers back at the Super Bowl conversation again a year from now, it's possible that Mike Pettin is your best ticket to get there. But I trust Matt LaFleur, and if he believes he can get better production out of this group of guys, or even just that moving on from Pettin is the right thing to do for the organization, well, in Matt LaFleur, I trust. Chris Barnes is undergoing surgery to repair multiple broken bones in his thumb. He did, in fact, return to the field and play a bit with a broken thumb. He's expected to only need about a month of recovery, which doesn't really matter since it's the offseason. The Packers also signed quite a few players to a future contract for this next season. So far, actually, they haven't released anyone from the team. This is a slight departure from what other teams have been doing. For example, the Baltimore Ravens released Tremont Williams after their season was over. But here are the names of the players that they have signed to next year. First of all, linebacker Tibic Aaliyah, linebacker Dijon Scuda-Harris, guard Zach Johnson, tight end Isaac Nauta, defensive lineman Willington Prevalon, cornerback Stanford Samuels, running back Mike Weber, running back Dexter Williams, punter Ryan Winslow, wide receiver Reggie Begleton, center Jake Hansen, kicker J.J. Molson, cornerback Kavare Russell, defensive lineman Delonte Scott, and wide receiver Jawan Winfrey. Now, in case some of these names are unfamiliar to you, they all have been with the Packers this past season, either on injured reserve or on the practice squad. The only exception, as far as I can see, is Dexter Williams, who had, in fact, been released from the practice squad. He now gets re-signed to a future contract for 2021. Okay, let's set the story straight about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, understanding that that roster might look a lot different for next year, what did this particular team mean to you at this point in your career? Yeah, they're all special, for sure. I think this one, as much as any of them, I just found some really... Uh, special friendships with, you know, Mercedes and Devontae 
especially Tim and I have become really close over the years. Jamal, I love Jamal. Aaron Jones, a lot of guys' futures that are, you know, uncertain, you know, myself included. Uh, that's what's sad about it most. Getting this far, obviously there's going to be an end to it at some point, whether we make it past this one or not, but just the uncertainty is, is tough and the finality of it all. So how do you go on from here? I mean, you kind of hit on some of the realities a minute ago. So how do you go on from here? How do you, how do you take the next step? Yeah, Bill, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns going into this offseason now. And just, I'm going to have to take some time away for sure and, and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. But it's, uh, it's pretty tough right now, especially thinking about the guys that may or may not be here next year. There's always change. That's the only constant in this business. It's really tough to get to this point. Really, really tough. Especially with it only being one bye week in the playoffs, it's a grind just to get to this point, and that makes the finality of it all kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. That's why it's a gutting feeling in your stomach. Now Rogers went on to say later in the week that this interview with reporters after the NFC Championship game came about 15 minutes after he was quote crying in the locker room with his teammates. Immediately following this interview, we had Matt LaFleur. You got a resilient group just to be down like that and to be able to battle back being down 28-10 and have multiple opportunities to go win a, win a football game. Nah, I think that's rare. I think that speaks to the character of that locker room, just how tough-minded these guys are. When bad things happen, they don't blink. They, they stick together. There was no finger pointing going on, uh, but... This one does sting, and it's going to take a long time to get over this one. Hey, Matt, Aaron just uh, finished up with us, and, and I mean, he sounded like a guy who had no idea whether he'll even be back here next year. Do you think you're going to get another chance with him um, to do this, and, and what's the future hold? I sure as hell hope so. Uh, I mean, guys, the MVP of this league, he is the heart and soul of our football team. So, hell yeah, he better be back here. Uh, he's our leader and, you know, just so appreciative of him buying into what we're trying to get done around here and, and leading that group, you know, his voice carries a lot of weight in that locker room and just, you know, I feel for him to be in this situation and for us not to get it done. I mean, it hurts. I have some more LaFleur comments for you in a minute, but first let's go to Mark Murphy, president and CEO of the Packers, who immediately went on a radio show the following day and offered his own clarifying comments. I'll say this. There's no way in heck <laughs> that Aaron is not going to be on the Packers. I mean, he's he is uh, going to be the MVP of the league, might have had his best year ever. He's our unquestioned leader, and, you know, we're not idiots. I love Mark. Okay, well, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show two days later and finally offered his own clarification. And believe me, he did not hold back. Were you at all surprised to see the the wild speculation out there after your uh, post-game comments when you're like, you act like you're, everybody's uh, future is up in the air? <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't really see a whole lot until maybe yesterday. And then I realized there were some things swirling around. Um, 
I don't feel like I said anything that I hadn't said before. You know, I said it the first time I talked to the media. It just it was more a, real, a realization, I think, uh, that my ultimately my future is is not necessarily in in my control. And I think that was what just kind of hit me in the moment. I was thinking about you know uh, Aaron Jones and Corey Lindsley and um, other guys we have under contract, uh, big dog, you know, guys who. I don't know what their future is going to be, and, and myself included. Uh, now, obviously, after the season that I had, and um, you know, potentially win an MVP, and you know, we Definitely. obviously made it uh, another good run. I don't think that there's any reason why I wouldn't be back. But look, I think th- there's there's not many absolutes, as you guys know, in this business. So to to make an absolute statement about something that is is not an absolute, just I, I didn't do it, you know, and I, I guess that's why it went kind of kind of nuts. So I think everybody, though, the reason why, and thanks for clarifying that, by the way, I think a lot of us yesterday kind of pieced that together. Now the reaction to what you just said there is going to be, so Aaron doesn't even know if he's going to be on the Packers team next year because he's like a big dog or like Aaron Jones or something like that. That's going to be the speculation now. It, it's like, does Aaron feel as if he is the piece the Green Bay Packers get? Like, that's the sh- that's going to come from that statement, you know? Well, I don't know. Yeah, and, and frankly, Pat, you know me and Adrian. Yep. Knows, I don't yeah. give a shit about that. <laughs> I couldn't care any less about speculation off of that. You know, it was like, a, obviously, in the, you know, I'm 15 minutes from crying in the locker room with, you know, some of my teammates. I, I come and sit down and do this interview, and they ask me questions. I give real answers like I do on this show. And to me, a reality, not a certainty or an absolute, is that my future is not in my hands. Now, that's really the case for all of us, I think, as players. But you can't, I think, naturally, there's times where you let your mind go to maybe, well, I'm going to be a Packer for life, or I'm going to be, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to be like a Tim Duncan or a Jeter or a Kobe and play with one team my entire career. I think, naturally, you dream about that. I mean, that's kind of like a dream scenario, and I've talked about that for much of my career. I think, you know, when, when they drafted Jordan, it was more just like the reality kicking in going, hey, that's actually never the case. There are no absolutes in this business. All right, starting to run out of time, so I'm going to play for you LaFleur's comments on the game. What went into the decision to kick the field goal there on fourth and eight, and do you regret that in hindsight? Yeah, anytime it doesn't work out, you always regret it, right? But uh, it was just uh, the circumstances of having three shots and – coming away with no yards um, and knowing that you not only need the touchdown, but you'd need the two point. So the way I was looking at it was we essentially had four timeouts with the two minute warning. And, you know, we, we knew we needed to get a stop and I thought we were going to have a stop there at the end, but you know, they, we got called for, for the P P I um, and it didn't work out. So, I think anytime something doesn't work out, do you regret it? Sure. But we're always going to be process driven here. And the way our defense was battling, the way our defense was playing, we felt like it was the right decision to do. And uh, it just didn't work out. Hey, Matt, on that uh, final touchdown at the end of the half, was that man or cover three? And and what happened there from what you saw? Yeah, it was uh, man coverage. Definitely not the the right call for the situation. 
man, you, you can't you can't do stuff like that against a good football team and expect to win. So, I mean, really, when you look at it, there's there was a hundred and I don't know twenty some odd plays, both on both sides of the ball, plus all the special teams. There was a lot of plays in that game that could have been made that could could change the outcome of the game, but the ones that really hurt us the most were that play. And then to come out the start of the second half, um, you know, had the fumble and they, they score to make it 28, 10. I mean, that, that really was uh, a big difference in, in the football game. You just can't do that stuff. And I blame us uh, as coaches, you know, for, for putting our guys in that situation. That's, that's inexcusable. That should not have happened. So we got to, we got to take a look at it and do some self-reflection and, and try to figure out ways how, how that can't happen again. Well, apparently one of the ways that LaFleur thought he could make sure this didn't happen again was to part ways with Sean Menenga. He will have to find a new special teams coordinator. Before they hired Menenga, Zach Cruz notes that the Packers were connected with Braden Coombs, who was just fired by the Lions last month. According to Goslin's rankings in 2020, Detroit's special teams units ranked third in the league. It would be very interesting to see if the Packers do try and go in that direction. Regarding Mike Pettin, Pettin is actually not under contract with the Packers anymore. Most coaches usually go ahead and sign a two-year extension. Every year, this was not the case with Mike Pettin. So rather than making a choice about firing Pettin, the Packers will simply have to decide whether or not to extend his contract. Okay, for more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet podcast hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to packernet.com and join the Packernet podcast Facebook group. Please go to packdraft.com slash newsletter to sign up for the free weekly Packers newsletter. My name is JJ Leahy. Please follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y for breaking Packers news. And this has been the Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.